Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. This week I have an interesting question for you, and that's this. What does it mean to be a disciple? Now, immediately when you hear the word disciple, you're like, well, that's kind of a Bible thing, isn't it? And it is, but let me explain to you that you're always being discipled by something. And you'll understand that better when we're done with our 15 minutes or so here. But you're always being discipled. So what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, most of us have some comprehension of what a disciple is. If you've read the New Testament, you know the, you know the first four books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about the activities of Jesus and his disciples. And we think about the disciples, we think about the 12. Well, actually, the 12 were some of the disciples. They weren't all of them. There were probably, at some points, hundreds of people that were discipled to Jesus that were learners. So let's define the term disciple. A disciple means learner. That's what it means in the original Greek. That's what they're talking about there. So there were quite a few of them, but there were only 12 that he chose to be apostles. And the word apostle, do you know what that means? It means a messenger, one who is sent forth, one who is sent forth with a mission. So my personal belief is that there are still apostles going out today from the church. Some churches teach that there aren't, but I do believe that there are. They're one of the five key offices of the church. Now, I talk about church a lot on this podcast because I want you to understand that church and the way that we operate and the way that we learn has a lot to do with how we operate in our business life, in our personal life. So I'm not talking today about what it takes to be an apostle. I'm talking about what it takes to be a disciple. So again, a disciple is someone that learns, that is uh, right in there learning all the time, and an apostle is one that's being sent out. So a disciple being a learner means this, are you teachable and coachable? So at one point, I was involved in an insurance company, and uh, we were looking for people to be agents for us. And one of the keys that our leaders said to us was this, are they teachable and coachable? As a matter of fact, the job that I do a lot right now in consulting is going into car dealerships and helping them find rebates that have been missed. And I'm amazed at the number of car dealerships that I go into that I've been into before that have shown them how to not miss particular rebates and they're still missing them. Why? Because they're not teachable and coachable. Now, it's profitable for me, but it's not profitable for the dealership in the long run because they're missing opportunities. So I'm always looking for ways to be teachable and coachable. Now, when you get to be my age, and I've mentioned on here before, I'm 60, when you get to be my age, you think, well, what more do I have to learn? Let me tell you, a lot. My mentor in life for many years was a guy named Olin Hendricks, and Olin um, probably in his mid to late 50s, came, uh, learned about a new way of teaching people about how to run nonprofit boards. He'd always taught people the, the uh, method that everybody uses, and that's Robert's Rules of Order, where you vote on things and you have motions and seconds and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Robert's Rules of Order were initially written down so that people would know how Congress operated. So it was a political system. 
So anytime you have a nonprofit organization or any kind of organization that's running on Robert's Rules of Order, you know it's going to introduce politics into it. Well, what Olin found out was there was a way not to do that. It was called the Carver Method of Board Management. And specifically, it taught boards how to seek the ends, the E-N-D-S of an organization, as opposed to the means of an organization. They were going to learn to hire people that could do the means part and to uh, just determine where the organization should go. So it was a whole different way of looking at things. Well, Olin said when he found out about that, he came in and threw out years worth of information that he had on how to run a nonprofit board on Robert's Rules of Order and started teaching people how to do the Carver method. And I will link to the, uh, in the podcast here, some information about the Carver method and also some of Olin Hedrick's writings. I think you'd really enjoy them, especially if you're involved in a board. So that was one of the things that we looked at was, is someone teachable and coachable? And if they weren't, then we didn't want them around our organization. Because if they can't be taught, if they can't be trained, they can't take the vision that you have and go with it. They've already got one of their own, and they're going to really louse things up. And you know those people. You see people come in all the time. I had a guy that came in one time when we were doing all this uh, work for the insurance company that was highly qualified. He'd sold insurance. He was good at closing deals and all that kind of stuff, but he wasn't teachable and he wasn't coachable. So at one point in one of our meetings, I just said, I'm going to ask you to leave. We're like, why? I said, because you don't understand the vision of this organization. And if you don't understand the vision of this organization, you're not teachable and you're not coachable. You're not going to be a help to us. You're going to be a hindrance. So those are the things. That's the thing I look for in a disciple. Are they teachable and coachable? That also means they have to be ready to submit. Now, we've talked about that on this program before, and most people don't like to submit at all in any way at any time. But I've learned the power of submission. You know, last week in our podcast, we talked about the, the uh, power of humility. And I think one that goes right along with it is the power of submission. So what do I mean by that? Well, submission is the position of permission. Submission is the position of permission. Submission means I'm giving you the opportunity to speak into my life. Now, I don't have a lot of people that I allow to speak into my life. I talk to a lot of people, but there aren't very many that I allow to speak into my life. Why is that? Because I don't want to burden myself with things that I have to unlearn. I've probably spent the last 15 or 16 years of church unlearning the things that I learned the first 30 years of church because they weren't right, because they weren't ideas of the kingdom. They were ideas of doctrine. And we're going to find those things in our church in our church life. We're going to find those things in our personal life. And we're going to find those things in our business life that are doctrinally set, but they have no basis. They have no foundation in the ultimate vision of, in the case of the church, in the ultimate vision of the kingdom. In the case of a business, the ultimate vision of the business leader. In the case of our personal life, the ultimate vision of of yourself, of who you are. So submission is the position of permission. You have to submit to somebody. And I know I've said that on here before, and I know it's hard to understand sometimes, but who do you submit to? Now, our pastor this week asked in church, uh, Gary Cassie, he said, who do you submit to? Do you have somebody in your life that you submit to? And I thought, yeah, I've got several people that I do. I submit to the the, uh, thoughts and principles of several different people because I trust them. I know that they're right I don't have to doubt whether they're right or not. 
and I also have seen examples of how correct they are. So in all of that being said, and I'm submitting, and I'm teaching, and I'm, I'm being taught, and I'm coachable, what are some signs that you're failing as a disciple? Now remember what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner. So if you find yourself frequently in offense over something, you're mad at somebody, or you think somebody else is getting one over on you, that is a sign of being a failed disciple. Now, we know a lot of people in this world today that are offended all the time. As a matter of fact, I think they make it their hobby. And the problem with that is this. When you're offended all the time, you have no chance, no chance whatsoever of winning in life. Why is that? Because you're always against something. See, that in, in, in the church, it's said that the kingdom of God is always advancing. In business, if you're not growing, you're stagnant. In your personal life, it's the same thing. If you're not growing, you're stagnant. Well, to be offended about something, you're always having to look behind you. You're always having to look to, at something that did happen. You know, let me tell you something. This is a little secret I learned some time ago. Now, this is very, listen very carefully. Things are going to happen, Okay. So when things happen, do you let them affect you? Now, I'm, going, I'm not going to be naive and think, well, you know, that's not going to bother me. There are going to be things that bother you, but do you allow them to linger? Do you allow them to hold on to you? Because when something is holding on to you, it's going to take forever to clear that up. And we don't want that. We want you to be free of all these things that are holding you back. So that's one of the ways you can tell you're failing as a disciple. Another way is political activity. Now, I'm not talking about, in your personal life, being involved as a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or a Green Party member. I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about with political activity, political activity is an activity that leads you to be in a better position over someone else, even when you're not. You're trying to win other people to your side and trying to get more for yourself than you actually deserve. I always say that politics is a form of corrupted power. All right? Politics is corrupted power. And so that's what you're seeing. When you're failing as a disciple, you'll see power coming in like you're trying to get everybody to agree with you. You've got an idea on how to run the company better or how to run the church better or how to run your life better, and you're not listening to anybody else, and you're trying to win other people over to your side. Here's another sign that you're failing as a disciple. You're rebellious. Now, you know, this country was founded as in a rebellion. However, the foundation of that rebellion was based on godly principles. And if you read the Declaration of Independence and you read the Constitution, you're going to find out that this country was founded in a rebellion, but they weren't being rebellious against God. They were being rebellious against the king. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute. Doesn't that mean in rebellion bad? Rebellion can be, but the foundation of their rebellion wasn't based on getting their own way. It was based on seeing the kingdom of God advance. And finally, another sign that you're failing as a disciple is self-promotion. So look at Facebook sometime, or, you know, I hate to encourage anybody to look at Facebook, but look at it sometime. Everybody on there is leading the perfect life. It's all good. Either that or their life is so in the dumper, they're just looking for people to be in agreement with their uh, <clears throat> dumpermanship. I don't even know if that's a word, but I like it, dumpermanship. Anyway, 
That's what they're looking for. They're seeing people that are they're self-promoting toward failure or they're self-promoting toward success. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's not wrong to let people know that what you've done, but it is wrong if that's the only thing you've ever said or it's always just you. You're the one that you're the one that did this. You're the one that thought this up. You're the one that's the big man, the big cheese, the head man. No. You always want to give credit to those around you. And so those are signs that you're failing as a disciple. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about the signs that you're succeeding as a disciple. Hey, if you're liking the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Like the podcast wherever you go, especially on Facebook where we have a quiz that is page. And if you could leave a review on Google or on Apple, I would appreciate it. Until next week when we find out the signs of succeeding as a disciple, I'm Terry Dismore. Have a great week. The Quiz The Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Our website is quizthediz.com or you can reach us at 614-382-2582. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz The Diz. Quiz The Diz.